0: Hey everyone, it's James and welcome to the Notorious Banker Podcast. 3,160 amazing followers at Bank Better guy on Twitter, dozens more at patreon.com notoriousbanker. Where for as little as a $1 subscription you can help me, the Notorious Banker fight back against big banks. And 5,740 amazing followers on TikTok at NotoriousBanker. Guys, thank you so very much for your love and support. I really, really do appreciate it. Coming at you a little bit later than scheduled, Um, I was feeling under the weather on last week's podcast. And I gotta tell you, that thing literally drained the hell out of me. I had very little energy going into the podcast, and then once I did my little hour and ten minutes of talking about Big Banks, I felt just miserable, and I was bedridden. I was on the couch for about two days after that. Don't know what it was, but I have overcome it, save for a little issue with my throat but i i am good to go um thank you to the people who were reaching out to me asking me how i was feeling because i was noticeably absent from twitter for a couple of days as well which is very unorthodox and you know so much going on in the banking world as always Um, So much going on just in the world in general, and a lot of the times we need to just stop and just take in what's going on in front of us. And I've been doing that a lot lately, and I've been trying to figure out, you know, what the next steps are for the notorious banker and for yours truly, James Baca. And you know, my thing is, I want to continue to help people as much as I can, but there are definitely different ways that I can do that. And I've talked to you about helping people repair their credit, helping people understand banking in in a in a different way than what big banks teach you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next several months, several years of that. Um, we're coming up on an anniversary tomorrow, August the 7th of three years since Bank of America closed the branch that I held court in for over a decade on 250 West Amador in Las Cruces. And I got to tell you, it's always better sweet because I drive by that branch, i um, Four or five times a week. It's now uh, an arts council building, and my office is now filled with a bunch of weird art. um I can't tell you how many great memories and and bad memories, but how many memories just in general that I had in that building, changing lives, helping people understand banking, finance, and everything on that on that one hundred level, on that intro level. You know, I'm not a I'm not an investment banker. I'm not a commercial banker. But I am someone who can teach the average person how to bank better. And that's why my Twitter handle is at BankBetterGuy. And I gotta tell you, I miss the hell out of those moments. I do miss my co-workers to an extent. I don't miss the stress. I don't miss the anxiety and the, the way that Bank of America made me feel on a daily basis. But I do miss the camaraderie and I gotta tell you that's something that can be replicated when you work from home and you're looking at a at a monitor, you know, twelve hours a day. Got a lot to talk about today. I wanted to do some more listener questions. Um, James at TheNotoriousBanker.com or TheNotoriousBanker at gmail.com is the easiest way to submit your questions to be on the podcast, so we'll get to that in the third segment. Um, I also want to talk about a noticeable change from Bank of America that popped up on everyone's online banking and literally fucking freaked out everyone about Bank of America no longer accepting checks. And I got to clarify... Now, what they mentioned was not necessarily a big deal, and I'm not defending Bank of America, but the way that kind of Twitter and the general public handled it, I want to set some things straight and, and tell you that yes, it's crappy what they're doing, but I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you why it shouldn't affect you. Um, but first, um, first segment is actually kind of being thrown together as I'm talking to you right now because I'm pulling up some articles. Uh, we had some very tragic news in the Los Angeles area. Um, Michelle Avon or Avon, um, prominent bank executive in Los Angeles for Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, um, someone that I have seen on Twitter, um, whether she was on Twitter or people talking about her. In fact, I saw a news article about her just last month, um brutally murdered, found uh, murdered in her home. The breaking news was that there was a gentleman arrested that was a co-worker um, of Michelle's for the company Bank of America, and he was also um, a commercial banker, if I'm not mistaken. So after this brief promotional consideration, you know, I don't want to do speculation. I don't want to do tabloid type of conversation here. I'm going to give you the facts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. This is very difficult for me because... You know, whenever I wanna talk about big banks, I wanna talk about things that impact customers to the grander extent. Personal issues at um big banks are plentiful. I gotta tell you. I met so many co-workers over the years who, you know, got divorced bitterly, domestic violence, affairs in the workplace. You know, I've seen it all in thirteen years of working at Bank of America. So there's nothing that shocks me because I think I kinda saw everything with the inner workings of a banking center but to have someone lose their life so um senselessly and it ends up being a person who also works at bank of america is allegedly is really really disheartening so after this brief promotional consideration i'm going to give you a little bit of information on that and i'm sure more information will come out down the road where we'll do a deeper dive on another podcast but for now i'll give you the facts so just please stick around Hey everyone, it's James, the Notorious Banker, inviting you to join me on Patreon. Yes, it's the second anniversary of Patreon.com slash NotoriousBanker. For as little as a $1 subscription, you can help me, the Notorious Banker, fight back against big banks. Well how do I do that? I use my brand of Vigilante Customer Service to help people recoup monthly maintenance and overdraft fees, deal with customer service issues such as check-hold releases and fraud claim reversals, and the general customer service malaise that is the big banking industry. Banks like Bank of America, Chase, City, and Wells Fargo um, have big bank mindsets but very small-minded customer service skills. The Notorious Banker fights back against that. With a subscription for as little as $1 a month, you could help me, The Notorious Banker, fight on behalf of the little guy who don't realize that they have a chance to fight back against big banks if given the opportunity. Go to patreon.com slash banker for more information about me, more information about what I do, and to subscribe today to my Patreon. You'll also get additional podcast and video content, among other things, with that subscription as well. And I thank you so much for contributing, and my customers and my clients, my followers, my listeners, thank you too. All right, we're back with more Notorious Banker. Now, you know, I was getting prepared to record a podcast about a couple of things in the in the banking world, and of course, listener questions that I've been wanting to talk about, and I do my normal Bank of America search about what's going on in the world of Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and all these big banks, and um, I had heard some rumblings about a, a prominent bank executive being murdered in California last night, you know, breaking news, and, you know, people said that, hey, it's someone in the banking world who got murdered, and you don't really know who it is turns out it was someone who worked for merrill lynch or bank of america merrill lynch if you will and it's so sad um you know i all i gotta say is it's it's in this world where we're living in right now 2021 we're just a little past two years um removed from the senseless murder of 23 people in el paso texas at a walmart a walmart that i was in One week before the massacre, you know, I was in that parking lot where, you know, people died. And it's scary. It's frustrating that it can happen at any moment. Um, You know, there's so much politics that go on with with guns and with violence and, you know, where does it originate from and all that. And, and, you know, I got to say, I don't know. I'm not qualified to, to talk about that stuff. I'm a banker. I know about finance. I know about a lot of things, but that's just not one of them. But I know what I see, and I see that people are just so hot-tempered and high-strung now that it just blows my mind. It should never equal murder though. It should never equal someone losing their life no matter the circumstances. It's it's not it's not, you know, 500 years ago the Middle Ages when, you know, people were getting killed left and right like it was nothing. Not like the old West where they had public, you know, Executions and whatnot. No, we're a more civilized people, at least I'd like to think that we are. And just seeing um senseless violence, whether it's locally here or just on TV, you know, it's frustrating. Not to, you know, get off on a rant there, but NBC Los Angeles has reported um, detectives have arrested a 52 year old man on suspicion of murder hours after Michelle Yvonne, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. A banking executive and grandmother was found dead Thursday morning inside her home in Reseda. Anthony Dwayne Turner was booked late Thursday by detectives assigned to the Robbery Homicide Division and was being held at Van Nuys Jail in lieu of $2 million bail, according to jail records, which also described Turner's occupation as banker. So the article that caught my eye was 1070 News Radio in California who posted about um, the arrest as well, and that's when I put two and two together and I found out that these people that they're talking about, both the victim and the suspect, are from Bank of America. A prominent businesswoman was found dead in her receipt home on Thursday. The LAPD have arrested a, su- a, su- a suspect, 52-year-old Anthony Dwayne Turner, being held on a $2 million bill. Records indicate that Anthony Turner worked as a senior vice president and market executive for Bank of America in Los Angeles as recently as this year, A spokesperson for Bank of America declined to comment on Turner's arrest, but did not deny that he worked for the bank. That's protocol with those spokespeople. LAPD officers responded to the 19300 block of Cavallo Street at 7 a.m. on Thursday after family members of Michelle Yvonne grew concerned over multiple failed attempts to reach her. Authorities said one family member entered Yvonne's home and discovered the mother of two and grandmother unresponsive. Police and paramedics were called to the scene, and she was pronounced dead shortly thereafter. Um, Yvonne's death sent shockwaves through the LA financial services industry. Her career therein has spanned over two decades, most of which was spent as a VP and managing director with the wealth management firm Merrill Lynch, which of course acquired by Bank of America 2008. In June, she moved to Bank of America proper, which also owns Merrill Lynch, to take a senior vice president role overseeing diversity recruitment initiatives. We are devastated by the news, a spokesperson for B of A told KNX. Michelle was a valued member of our company for more than 20 years and will be greatly missed. We extend our deepest sympathies to our family. And it says, friends and colleagues remember Yvonne as a champion of women and minorities in finance. Her mentor, retired banking executive Deborah Brown, described her as one of the highest ranking, most recognized women in banking. She would always find a way to lift people up, to pull them up, to push them up, particularly in the African-American community. Or those that were overlooked or deprived and neglected. Um, and it goes on about her, just her accolades. And now here's my thing, and I've talked about this a million times on this podcast. I've probably talked about it so much you get tired of me talking about it. Um, I do feel that there are a lot of people who work for Bank of America who like to put all these accolades out there just to show you know how awesome Bank of America is. And I always think that that's kind of lame some people do it for the genuine love of helping other people though so i will give them that and i I don't know a lot about michelle although i have seen a lot about her through my notorious banker journey the last three years or so um and understanding that there are some people who genuinely want to help that feel that their presence there is meant for one reason one reason only to better their people whether it be you know people of color minorities women you know maybe someone that's a little bit older and she's not old by any means she's only 10 years older than me but there are some people who genuinely like that and i like to believe that i was one of those people when i was working at b of a now i was nowhere near the level of success that she was with the company you know it was probably a job pulling a couple hundred thousand a year at the very minimum and the person suspected of her murder market executive was probably pulling that same amount um, I'll get to the market executive part of it in just a second here, but understand this, okay, you know, and all the times that I disparage Bank of America for not necessarily caring about their communities, there are definitely some people out there that I guess are collateral damage whenever I discuss these things on this podcast, and um, I never intend to to denigrate the the great work that people like Michelle did in her community. Um, She was profiled in Essence Magazine, and if you're not familiar with Essence Magazine, it's a very prominent um, magazine for the African American community. It's something that's big. You don't just profile someone in a magazine like that unless they're making a difference, you know, someone from Bank of America. So I'm impressed by that. I'm impressed by her body of work from what I've learned about her in the last couple of hours, not to mention just everything in the news reports talking about what a great person that person is. Now you know, looking at all these things that are you know being talked about, the reasons why, and I'm not going to get into that stuff. And that's not my that's not my mo for this story. I just want to tell you the way that I feel about it, and I want to just give you some some understanding as to what I'm thinking right now. Um, it does say, uh, according to NBCLosAngeles.com, that law enforcement sources told their I team that Turner had a personal relationship. With Yvonne and she had recently considered obtaining a restraining order against him. Turner was detained near his home in Westchester. It's frustrating, you know, and these are two people who worked for the same company that allegedly had a personal relationship and it went bad. And grew up in a in a world where personal relationships never ended anyway but in a bad way. Child of divorce, every family member has had you know, at least one divorce that did get married and the ones who didn't have volatile relationships too. So, um, yours truly celebrating my seven-year wedding anniversary on the 9th is something that I take pride in because I know that I've worked hard to make sure that what we're doing, you know, my wife and I, is putting in as much work as we possibly can to make our marriage successful. And what does successful mean? It doesn't mean money. You know, because places like banks want, want you to believe that money is everything. It's not. Conversation, caring, compassion, you know, taking care of friends and family, having those moments where you have absolutely nothing going on and you're just sitting there and watching a reality show. Those are moments that I live for. Those are moments that I, I cherish. And I learned one thing working at Bank of America because that job can do a number on relationships because I've seen so many people... Working at Bank of America and Maryland, who have, you know, broken up with their spouses, who've had, you know, drinking problems, drug problems because of the stressors that, that occur at a place like Bank of America. Knowing that it's rare to have a successful relationship, even with someone outside of the banking industry, whenever you work at a place like that, just because you look at people in a different way, you feel things in a different way than other people do whenever you're working in banking because everything is just so volatile still no excuse man it's still no excuse to have to be talking about someone who was murdered allegedly in the hands of someone who they worked with someone who they had a relationship with and that's that's wrong you know i um violence is not the answer you know i i I said it earlier and it's it's frustrating to me and i was telling um i donate plasma twice a week and i was telling the person who who sticks my finger uh, for a blood sample before the plasma donation, I said, because there was a shooting that happened at the gym that I go to here in town a couple of days ago, and he was mad because he was told not to wear certain clothes. And I just thought that was the most ridiculous reason to shoot someone. And I'm like, why can't people just take owls Why can't people just lose and move on? I know it's a it's a weird thing to say now, but it just to me, it bothers the shit out of me. You know, I um, lost my job three years ago this month and I I mentioned on this podcast, I cried once and that was the Monday after it happened because I didn't have anywhere to go. (laughs) I went to go donate plasma. I got like $25 and spent four hours of my life filling out paperwork just to have that happen whenever I could have been sitting in a bank office making $200 for that day and having a blast and making, making myself feel like I made a difference to the people in front of me. But you know i I moved on, and I said, "Well, what can I do that's gonna make me as happy as working at a place like that? How about telling people why they shouldn't be at a place like that? Now, I know that sounds weird, but I always said that i I felt that I made Bank of America better because of my presence there because I cared or in you know certain circumstances that they didn't. I think Michelle was one of those people from what I've seen. With all the tributes to her on there and i gotta tell you you know it's it's just a tragedy that this happens we shouldn't be talking about you know you know memorializing someone whenever they should be here to help people now you know the she wasn't helping the regular joe's day to day she worked at merrill lynch merrill lynch you need to have 250k or more the suspected killer um, was a global commercial banking executive where he dealt with, according to um, some information I saw, uh, businesses between $25 million and $2 billion. So these are people who dealt with customers who probably don't deal with people like you. I'll just put it that way. It still doesn't matter. There's still a human element that makes banking successful whenever you really care about things. And I think being a person of color, being a woman in the banking industry is a double whammy. I've, I've told you I had an African-American branch manager for seven years of my career at Bank of America. And, you know, we didn't necessarily get along all the time, but we got, enough, got along enough to, to go day to day. There's no backstabbing. There was no, you know, other stressors aside from the day to day stress of working in a place that's a high volume sales place. But it wasn't until she left and she retired and I started working my way up the ladder and gaining responsibility at Bank of America that I understood a lot of the reasons why she had that chip on her shoulder. Why people of color and why women have that chip on their shoulder too. I have stressed so many times that I really think the people that I talk about that work at Bank of America and Wells Fargo and all these places that need more attention is, you know, is the group of people that those banks say, um, they, they, they highlight, they, they see as success stories. And that's women and people of color. Does Bank of America have a lot of female managers? Absolutely. But manager doesn't mean a lot in Bank of America speak. I was a manager and I really don't think that I was important. I, I don't, I don't. It's just, just the fact of nature and I'm fine with that. You know, um, and I believe the person suspected of the murder was a senior vice president. Those words mean nothing, too. It's a title that gives someone a big head. It makes them think that they're bigger than than what they are. That's not being a team player. Bank of America preaches teamwork, but those job titles pretty much alienate any relationships between you know common employee and manager and executive. A lot of stress goes on with stuff like that. But it seems like the victim, uh, Miss Yvonne, Had a lot to do with her community. And I think she's being rightfully celebrated uh, with what's going on here. Now, you know, there there are times where I believe Bank of America can shine in moments like this. And it's not just putting out a tweet saying, we memorialized this person that we lost. Yeah, you can do that, and that's fine. And I'm going to, I'll retweet it, I'll talk about it. I'll share my condolences with you, but here's the thing, Bank of America, and I, and I can't stress this enough. The reason why the notorious banker was created, the very reason that there's so much volatility and stress and people that I know who develop substance problems, and I've known people you know, who have taken their life working in industries that just you know, chew them up and spit them out. You need to look within and i'm not blaming bank of america for the senseless crime that happened here not by a long shot but what i'm saying bank of america is take this opportunity to understand that you know celebrating women celebrating people of color is an important thing that i really think that you should do but also understand that there's still more work to be done now what i'm saying is someone like michelle should be two or three steps higher than what she was at bank of america and I really do believe, yes, they do hire women who are managers, but that job doesn't really mean anything. They do hire people who are executives. But what does executive really mean at Bank of America? It doesn't mean much. Bank of America touts their, their support of women in the workplace and minorities in the workplace. But I really do feel that a lot of people feel that there is a ceiling that they achieve. And, and if anything... I can do in this little segment here is talk about this situation some more because you know where there's personal strife, professional you know issues can be a part of that as well. Who kn- who knows what transpired here, and we'll find out more. And I'll definitely do another podcast about it if warranted. But understand this, guys. I think Bank of America is is a big enough entity to make a difference whenever something like this happens. Now, you know, it just happened yesterday, so I don't want you to think about making an award or making a plaque or, you know, naming some building after this person who passed away unfortunately. Now, talk with your employees. You know, counseling, have interactive sessions between managers and employees because this thing is going to hurt a lot. And and when I see the news article and I don't know these people personally, But knowing that the person who who was victimized here is someone that the bank saw made a difference in their community. How did the bank really feel about that person? So own the moment, Bank of America. Honor this person who passed away in the way that they need to be um, honored. And to the person suspected of her killing, man, violence is not the answer whether it's a personal issue, whether it's professional issue there, you know, there's other things you can do to get over it. I, I found my home in helping others online. Some people find their home. I have a former coworker, Brandy. Um, I I worked with her for six months in 2009. Uh, She's from Mississippi. She's a really great person. One of the funniest people I ever worked with. We didn't get to, you know, be too close. Um, you know, because we we're both tellers. Whenever I was, you know, coming out of college, but I had such a blast with her, and she's still a Facebook friend to this day. Guys, she's a cop now. She started working as, I like, believe, like a nine-one-one dispatcher or something like that, and then all of a sudden she got the itch to become a police officer. Now this is someone who is a very petite woman, someone who's like five-one, maybe you know, a hundred and five pounds. Um, you know, you should never talk about a woman's height and weight or whatever, but. Uh, I'm just saying she um, is, a, is a tiny one. And I got to tell you, the, the the work ethic that I've seen her put into the jobs that she's had working for her community's, um, you know, essential services, you know, whether it's a dispatcher or now as a police officer, is astounding. And I know people can do so much more and be so much more even after they leave a place like Bank of America. And that's an inspiration to me. I've, I have other um, former colleagues that work at other banks now, <laughs> now they work for banks that aren't necessarily um, my favorite banks either, but you find a way to overcome adversity at a place like Bank of America, and you make lemonades out of those lemons, man, and Michelle Yvonne, someone who continued to work at Bank of America and Merrill Lynch until her passing, spent 20 years there. And I have said this a lot. And I and I mean it sincerely. You don't get to work at a bank for 20 years unless you're really good. You don't get to work at a bank for 10 years unless you're really good. You're truly included in that. Because people go say, oh, it's all about who you know and you kiss the right ass and you do this and that. They change jobs so many times. There's so many people who switch roles so you're, you're going to be you know put with a superior that doesn't like you at some point in time in your B of A career. You're going to be put in line with someone whose job is just totally to make your life a living hell. And then sometimes you deal with people who love you, who want to hang out with you socially afterwards, who want to be friends aside from working at the bank, and those are people that you get to meet over the course of your career. But trust me when I say one thing. It's not a oh, you worked there twenty years, you must know the right people you 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 get to know and learn the correct people, yes, but it's not easy to get to twenty years at Bank of America. I used to joke around every time they would have the monthly anniversary list at Bank of America um they would send out this thing on the internet, so it says one year anniversary at Bank of America It'd be this fuck ton of people, thousands of people long who celebrate their one year anniversary that month. Five year anniversary about 80% whittle down. 10-year anniversary about 80% whittle down. 20-year anniversary, it's like five people. 30-year anniversary is three people. 40-year anniversary is usually one fucking person. When you work 20 years somewhere, it's it's um, it's a long shot at Bank of America. So reading through this article, and I'll link to it in the show notes from Essence magazine where she talks about where she came from. The fact that she's a mother and grandmother, someone who has worked hard to get to where she's at. And yes, there are a lot of strong women at Bank of America's workplace that totally kick ass and totally deserve everything that they get. Because they worked hard for it. The same way that I worked hard at my job, they worked twice as hard to become important over there. They they deserve all the adulation that they should possibly get. While they're here, let's not just you know celebrate them when someone passes away. So the Bank of America, I challenge you this, okay? In you know, in light of this current event here, you need to have deep conversations with the the women and people of color that you, you know, say that you care about, and you say that are the backbone of your company, and have a heart to heart conversation with them about the future of that company, if you really truly believe that. And and let those people know that you are appreciated at bank of america and we appreciate your service and your work there you don't hear that nearly enough at bank of america now very well this person could have ended their life you know their life could have ended excuse me yesterday without their company teaching them telling them that hey you're essential to the backbone of bank of america i don't want to be negative in this topic here because a a person died but it's important to celebrate the people that you care about, the people that you entrust with your job security, your financial security, and your mental security, to be quite frank with you. you. You want to celebrate those people because, you know what, I use the phrase good job with my nieces and nephews all the time. I always say, good job, good job. To have that positive reinforcement at such a young age is important because most of the time parents tell their kids, no, 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 no. And trust me when I say that's Bank of America in a nutshell. You'll hear no more time than you hear yes from your superiors. But reinforce the positive stuff. And I used to like to say that Bank of America was the central location of giving a bunch of phony high fives. I never fucking faked a high five whenever I wanted to give one to someone. If I gave someone a high five, that means that they deserved it. And um, to the friends and family of Michelle Yvonne... um, what I've read, what I've seen about her, even before this tragic event happened, because, yes, I do pay attention to all things Bank of America, both good and bad. Um, my deepest condolences to you guys. And may her memory live on um, forever and ever. And I really hope that you guys are getting through this difficult time now. It's it's sad. It's tragic. And, you know, there there's so much in the world that we can talk about, that's good. A lot of society focuses on the bad. My job as this podcast host and this person on Twitter is to focus on the bad of a company that both Michelle and I worked for. But I know when to say good job to someone who deserves a good job. And just from what I read from her impressive 20 year career in banking, with Merrill Lynch, Bank of America, and all points in between, um, job well done. So let's not this la- let's not let this last memory of her be the only memory to talk about. Um, I definitely will want to follow up on this should news events warrant, of course. Um, but I don't want to be exploitative about it. I just wanted to give you guys my perspective from hearing about this and just understanding. That there's so much that goes on in the banking world. There's so much volatility that even though this happened outside of the workplace, you carry that hostility, that volatility, that 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 thing in the back of your head a lot when you work at the bank. Now not everyone commits murder. People, you know, abuse substances, people cry. I used to cry a lot, I used to sleep a lot. But um that definitely needs to be addressed. You don't get from point A to point B unless there are some things that happen on that road trip to that and i'm sure we'll find out more as the days and weeks go go on but i don't want to be exploitative about it i wanted to take the time to honor the memory of michelle here and uh, may she rest in peace everyone i'll be right back after this brief promotional considerations please stick around hey everyone it's james notorious banker inviting you to join me on tiktok that's at notorious banker on tiktok Yeah, I know, it's kind of weird to have a 38-year-old on TikTok, but, you know, I was so inspired by people who share couponing deals on there, home and car hacks, among other things. It's a very influential place to be right now, and you can get a lot of traction with a lot of people fast. And I really think my brand of humor, along with banking news and information and stories about unethical things going on in big banks, fits perfectly on TikTok. No, I won't be doing a lot of dancing, but what I will be doing is a lot of information giving to you, the general public, you know, the 67 million people who bank at Bank of America, the 30 million plus at Bank of Wells Fargo. You need to know the stories and you need to know the tea behind what's going on in the banking world. So if you join me on TikTok at Notorious Banker, I am going to blow your mind. I'm going to try to make you laugh as well, but I'm going to keep it informational and I'm going to keep it fun. So join me on TikTok today. That's at Notorious Banker. All right, I'm back with More Notorious Banker. Um, thank you for listening to that first segment. It's hard for me. and you know, I just literally learned about this uh, a couple hours ago, and I'm still trying to process what's going on. Um, but once again, rest in peace to Michelle Yvonne, and um, condolences to her friends, family, and colleagues at Bank of America and Merrill Lynch. Now on to other news now. Um, Bank of America had this interesting way of alerting people of a rule change that's going to occur on August the 20th, two weeks from today, about a certain policy that is changing with savings accounts. I was going to go get an ice cream Sunday with my wife on Monday once I got this alert about what was going on um, at Bank of America. I had heard people talk about it on Twitter a couple days before. I didn't see the the, the, the the rules themselves until it happened to me. But I want to tell people right now, and I'm just going to make this this little um, segment brief here, Ninety-nine point nine percent of you do not need to freak out about this, and I'll and I'll tell you why in a second here. But a screenshot that I am gonna read off of, shout out to Stephen McElveen, I believe this person's name is, shared a screenshot saying, "Effective August twentieth, checks presented for payment on your savings accounts will be returned unpaid." So the, the wording is something to be desired. Now I'm not an English major. I've written a few books, but. Uh, people who have read my books will say, hey, you fucking suck at grammar. <laughs> and and yeah, you know, I, I really do. I'm really horrible at it, too. But I think the way that they worded it almost made it sound like that any form of check is going to be rejected out of that particular account on August 20th. Now, people who are obviously blind immediately thought it was going to impact them and their checking account. Well, it says savings account on there. So it's only savings accounts that are going to be impacted. And then it says, checks presented for payment on your savings accounts will be returned unpaid. Well, what does that mean? Do you, pre- do you give a check to someone and do they present it at their bank? Does it mean electronic stuff or whatever? People just read the top thing first and if they think it applies to them, maybe they'll read the other stuff. But here are the bullet points from this screenshot on Bank of America's app. It says, you may no longer write checks on your Bank of America savings accounts another bullet point when paper checks are presented on or after august 20th they will be returned unpaid even if the funds are available in your accounts we won't charge you an nsf non-sufficient funds fee return item fee but the merchant or payee may charge you a fee for the return payment and i'm sure you've seen that before where you know you go to a restaurant it says you know bounce checks or a twenty dollar fee or whatever if a merchant or payee uses your savings account and routing number to process a payment as a check, it may be rejected. Now this is fucking crazy and I'll get to why that part sucks in just a moment. You can no longer order checks for your savings accounts through Bank of America and please don't buy new ones from any third parties. I like how they say that. You can still use your deposit slips as you do today. Oh, you mean the one deposit slip you put in the, on the deposit book? Oh, thank you. You're too generous. I asked for deposits for my savings account. They give you one. So if you have that one, you can still use it. And it says, please destroy any checks. So here's the thing with this, okay? This does not affect millions of people. Like, there's, there, there's 66 million customers at Bank of America. This probably impacts, I'm going to say, 2 million of those 66 million people. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. First of all, check writing on savings accounts listen to that to the people freaking out on twitter about this and like i said i'm no defender of bank of america i'm just telling you like it is on here checks can't be ordered on savings accounts at bank of america you have to get them through a third party now bank of america used to offer a money market savings accounts that um did have a couple of checks they were kind of more like electronic withdrawal slips that they gave you and you could order a book of checks and typically that was for someone it was a rich fucking person, a preferred customer, if you will? And they would give you 20 checks, and it would be free. Um, they only gave you 20 because they didn't want you to use it as a check-writing account. That's what a checking account is for. Well, anyway, that's going away. Now, I can tell you, in 13 years of working at Bank of America, I maybe helped 50 people in 13 years um, ordering checks for their money market savings account, an account that no longer exists at Bank of America proper. So it does not impact anyone they're basically saying that this rule is here for something that they don't offer anymore although there are some people that that still kind of take advantage of the way that the accounts are set up and i'll get to that in a second but if you have a book of checks and it's linked directly to your savings account and i've ran into a couple of people who just simply refuse to open a checking account because they're like no oh, i don't like checking accounts i want a savings account because it's safer or whatever but i do want a book of checks Not understanding the limit fees, not understanding all the stuff that goes along with having a savings account. They're just hard pressed to sell them on a checking account, and there are so many people that um, that do that. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why they think a checking account is the scariest thing in the world. It's not if you understand what to do with it. That being said, the check writing on the savings account is not the thing that I'm worried about, and. Like I said, 99.9% of their customers should not worry about that. Trust me when I say it's rare that that fucking happens. The only thing that I hate about this the most was it says, if a merchant or payee uses your savings account and routing number to process a payment as a check, it may be rejected. I pay um, my City card once a month for $60, I think. Um, It's my monthly payment to City. I'm just trying to get out from under this credit card debt and that's the the maximum that i can put on it every single month they draft out an electronic check they draft out an electronic payment that that comes out that allows me to pay the bill now i'm not saying that you should pay your bills out of your savings account this way some people do though because like i said they're afraid of checking account proper so they get a savings account and then they start treating it like a checking account now that's totally on the customers for that okay and shame on them for not understanding why they shouldn't do that. Um, you know, As a banker, yes, I'm a salesperson, and my job is to offer you certain accounts. But I'm also supposed to tell you why you shouldn't do certain things for certain reasons. But if I try to pay my City card with my savings account through the method that I'm using now, it would be rejected. City would charge me a $45 fee, and I would get a ding on my credit. Now, that kind of shit is toxic, and Bank of America should really rethink that. Because they're saying that you may no longer write checks. Well there's no paper involved in that anyway. It's all electronic anyway. Do you think that there's some person at Citibank that literally just has a pen and a book of checks and and, and, and fills in your account number from Bank of America and Wells Fargo and fills in your name and the amount that you're gonna pay and the date and they like sign it like, you know, per authorization of customer and all that? No, it's a machine. It's a it's a fucking machine that does all that. It's a computer that, yeah, maybe they generate an actual physical check for their records or whatever, but it's not a check that is touching human hands in the sense that it doesn't leave city. That's just their method of doing it. Be it old school, it's still their version of electronic payment, and that's fine. And there are other companies that do that, too. Um, Our electric company here used to do that years ago. They don't do it anymore, thank God. But they used to use your account to create a check and they would do, like, check number, you know, 999 or something like that, so they don't get away from your sequence. But they would draft it out, and it would come out of your account as a check that you wrote. Now, my thing with that is when they say that we won't charge you a fee, we're just going to reject it, but the, the merchant may charge a fee. Well, the merchant's not going to pay attention to fucking Bank of America news, nor are, you know, unless they're a Bank of America customer, are they going to get the pop-up saying, hey... This is what's going to happen, it's like, oh shit, I work for a company that does it this way, customers might be harmed, I better tell my manager. No, that's not going to work that way. So the thing that I hate the most about this is not the fact that people can't write checks, that's stupid. The only people that did write checks all the time out of their savings account at Bank of America, i be frank with you, are old, old, old people, I mean, we're talking like, hey, Sonny, checks cost a nickel in my day, like 80, 90 year old people. Or um, people that were, like, middle-aged, like, and I'm 38, so I guess I can be considered middle-aged, which is fucking gross and scary. But people, like, in their 40s and 50s who who only write one check a year, and it was, like, to pay off their income tax. Like, they wrote a check, not even, well, like, they, own, they would write it to the IRS, or they would write it to Bank of America, saying to Bank of America so I could buy a cashier's check so I could send to the IRS. I mean, shit like that. It was It was usually big transactions and not a lot of them I, I had one customer who would buy a car every year and he would write a check for the amount of the car one time a year now i think that's fucking excessive to buy one car a year considering yours truly has had four cars in his lifetime but people did that and it wasn't a bad thing it, you know the in the grand scheme of things and the cost of operating a bank and processing and all that it's a fraction of a penny to do that. They're just doing that just to be spiteful at that point. Bank of America is doing this because they just try to push their agenda of automatic payments. And hey, you can sell your landlord and dumb shit like that. Which is totally nonsensical and only impacts customers for the worse and not for the better. Sometimes people need paper checks as a means of taking care of business. Now here's the thing here. I'm just going to give you a scenario and then I'll wrap it up. Because I think it's stupid that Bank of America is doing this. But I understand... ...how it's a very little used product. It's like how Wells Fargo announced they were eliminating lines of credit last month... ...and everyone was shitting their pants about it. But I'm like, dude, no one uses those lines of credits at all. And people don't write checks on savings accounts. But here's here's the thing that pisses me off the most about it, okay? So let's just say for the sake of argument that I, I'm, I have a savings account... ...and I'm saving up money to put a down payment on a house. 5% down on a $200,000 house... I have $10,000 in there that's going to be for a down payment for my house. And I'm going to finance through Bank of America because, hey, Bank of America is my bank, you know, whatever. So I saved $10,000, and now it's time to buy a house. So I want to move that money out in, in the easiest way possible to put for a down payment in my house. Well, the book of checks that I have with my savings account is no longer valid so, I tell the person who I'm trying to get a house with through Bank of America, saying, hey, well, you guys don't allow check writing on savings accounts anymore. Um, what can I do to send this money through? I was like, oh, you know what you can do? You can, you can go ahead and transfer it over because I want to write a check. You know, that's what the customer is going to say. I want to write a check for this to, to keep a paper trail or whatever. So, what's Bank of America going to say? And these are untrained people that are going to say this shit, and it's going to happen. Trust me. They're going to say, oh, you want to write a check for it? Oh, that's fine. So go ahead and transfer the money from your savings account to your checking account, let it settle, takes a day or whatever, and then write the check for that amount to Bank of America. So customer clicks, transfer 10000 from savings to checking, right now, yes, money's in there already, the next day pops up. They write the check for the down payment and it goes through. And then they get to, you know, the application stage, you get approved for it. And then it goes to that underwriting process, wherever... All the paperwork about your job and all this other shit that happens whenever you're buying a house comes through. And then all of a sudden underwriting flags saying, hey, it looks like you had $10,000 moved um, into your checking account the same day that you wrote us a check for that down payment. And they're going to say, hey, I'm going to put a hold on this transaction. I'm going to put a hold on your application process until we figure out why you did that. It looks kind of suspicious. I, I've dealt with people like this before who move money around. And I call and said, well, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I've had situations where people were moving money around without me knowing about it, and they get flagged down the road. And then an uh, underwriter will say, well, it looks like they moved money over from savings to checking, and that money's not seasoned because that checking account only had $800 in there. Their savings account had that much money. But this money isn't coming from the savings account. It's coming from the checking account. So we're wondering if there's any borrowing of a down payment from family or friends Um, We're going to need the applicants to write a letter of explanation explaining why they did that weird transaction of moving money from um, savings to checking and then sending us the money that way. Why couldn't they move the money directly to savings? Now, that person, that mortgage officer at Bank of America, probably doesn't know about this new rule. They just don't, okay? There's 204,000 people at work at Bank of America. Not all 204,000 people will understand this rule. Well, you know, you'll have a customer say, "Well, you told me that I couldn't take it out with a check out of my savings cuz you guys don't offer that anymore, but I still wanted to write a check. So I moved the money over to the checking on the advice of the banker, and then I wrote a check out there cuz I wanted a paper trail." And then the underwriter's going to go, "Well, didn't you know you could wire it? Didn't you know you can do this and that? You you couldn't have you shouldn't have done it this way cuz now we got a review cuz this is suspicious and we're going to have to wait a little bit." So we're not going to be able to process your application at this time. We're going to have to review to make sure that this is the season money that you were talking about before. And then it becomes a whole fucking six-week-long ordeal when you get to closing. And they are be like, oh, wait a second. Why didn't you move money over from savings to checking? Why couldn't we just um, take it out automatically? Well, because you guys, if you guys would have automatically it out, Bank of America would reject its own down payment. Well, you know, you could have just wired it. But I didn't want to spend $35 to do so. And then it just becomes this mess. Then it just becomes this whole thing that starts a, a war and a, and just people despising the bank over dumb shit like that. Now, I'm being 100% genuine here, guys. That's going to happen. <laughs> that's going to happen a lot. Whether it's going to be someone buying a house from another institution because that's how they would take the down payment money to, Whether it's someone who has a savings account with their son And the insurance money, car insurance money comes out of there. Shit like that's going to happen. People are going to get charged fees. So the one thing that I have bad to say about that is, yeah, no, people don't write paper checks on savings accounts that often. People do the automatic bill payments that Bank of America fucking loves to talk about because, oh, 85% of people are digital now. Bullshit. And a lot of those 85% of people are going to take advantage of their digital footprint by trying to draft money out of their savings account. And you're going to fuck them over with that because of this stupid new rule. So I urge anyone who has a savings account of Bank of America to kind of take a look to see how you use that savings account. If anything came through automatically as a deduction, whether it's like an insurance, direct TV, Netflix, anything like that, by all means, find a way to move it over to a checking account. Don't get caught in the crossfire and don't get charged any fees from Bank of America for them being stupid with... Um, shit like this with new rules for the sake of no new rules my thing with that is there are a lot of people who complained about this rule change who don't even have a savings account at bank of america and you push notification this rule change to everyone which yes i understand that's part of the deposit agreement policy but if you're a tech company as you say bank of and you're smart uh you could find a way to kind of curate this message to people who actually just have savings accounts or people who use savings accounts in that method i'm sure that's not that hard to figure out since you're oh so smart as a tech company and you would cause people a lot less aggravation i'll link to the news story in the show notes as well take a look at it um that's going to happen in two weeks so be on the lookout for that be back with listener questions right after this so please stick around Potential Sponsors, my name is James Baca, also known as The Notorious Banker. I am the host, creator, and proprietor of The Notorious Banker Project. I am also a consumer advocate who helps customers solve complex financial issues. I would love to have you as a sponsor of my content. The Notorious Banker has a critically acclaimed podcast of the same name, listened to by 10,000 people an episode. And we also have a very active Twitter community with thousands of posts monthly, creating millions of impressions and engagement per month. Also, a burgeoning young adult fan base on TikTok at Notorious Banker with 5,700 loyal followers and growing. I am looking for a dedicated sponsor who will help my project grow and will also let me be a loyal advocate for your company or product 13 years in a financial institution has given me sales skills which will help me promote your company as i continue my journey into bettering financial lives ad packages are as affordable as ten dollars cost per mil which includes cross promotion on my social media channels podcasts and any direct promotion desired by you Please contact me at james at or go to thenotoriousbanker.com slash sponsorship for more details. Let's enlighten the amazing follower base of The Notorious Banker with your product, my podcast, and our goal to better our followers' financial lives. Thank you so much. Alright, now we're back with listener questions. James at notoriousbanker.com or thenotoriousbanker gmail.com. Five seven five three two two four one two seven on the voicemail, or you could always DM me at BankBetterGuy with your question. If I like it, I will put it on the show. Steve asked me a very interesting question. Why do I get a call from the people at my bank? He doesn't mention which bank he banks at, but I imagine it's one of the bigger ones. That I need to do something with my savings account. I have $30,000 in the savings account, and I've had it there for two years. I just want it to be safe. Why do I get calls from my banker saying that I really need to do something with this money? excellent question steve and my thing is it's all about sales most big banks talk game with sales okay most big banks are sales focused to the brim they don't care about service they don't care i mean because it's not like scrooge mcduck and they just have your money in some big vault where they can swim in coins or whatever there's no actual physical money with your thirty thousand there it's just the state of mind it's a thought you know it's it's on paper if you will so, you know, why do they call you and bug you about it? Because do they care that you're earning 0.01% interest on the money? No, they don't care. Because they, they're not looking out for your long-term financial well-being in that sense. They're looking for the well-being of themselves. So the reason why they say you should do something with it, it's an obvious sales opportunity here. Now, I can only speak for the big banks, uh, Chase, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo Bank of America or whatever. But whenever someone says, hey, what do you plan on doing with that money? um they're not asking for their health they're not asking you know so they can get their rocks off saying oh hey that guy's gonna save up for a pony or something no fuck that the reason they ask you you know what do you plan on doing with your money is because it's introductory conversation to possibly investing now i i lived in new mexico where not a lot of people were savvy enough to invest in anything so a conversation about someone with thirty thousand dollars in their savings account would be a hell of a lot different for me at my bank over here Uh, But for someone who maybe has a little nest egg in there, maybe they do investing with another firm somewhere. And and whenever the bank is calling you, saying, hey, what's going on with this money? Maybe we can do something else with it. They're looking to put you into an investment vehicle. And the reason why they they want to do that is, is twofold. Of course, they want to make more money off of you and for you as well. But the second part of it is, they can get fees, okay? If you have 30000 in a savings account and you meet the minimum balances and it's just there and you're not doing anything with it anymore any anyway, um, the bank isn't earning its maximum potential on the deposit that you put in there. But if you invest with them and then you deal with, like, you know, not self-directed investing but you deal with someone and they charge you a fee or they charge you by the hour to, you know, do um, account maintenance or whatever – especially when you have a lot more money, that's where they make their revenue. At. They make their revenue off of selling you a, a suite of products that's going to involve you being a little bit more active with them. Now, I've seen so many people who just have a bunch of money in a savings account and they just don't even think twice about it, and they never go into the bank for once or twice a year or whatever. Banks hate that. Banks, hate, banks call that stale money, or the bank that I worked at call that stale money. They want, they want new accounts. I used to tell people who just had a savings account and a shit ton of money, let me open a checking account for you, put $25 in there, and I can get you this preferred product that has a better interest rate, and some people would just refuse to do that, and what was the benefit of it for me? I got sales credit if I opened a checking account for that person, so yes, there was a, an ulterior motive for yours truly as well, okay? So whenever they're calling you and asking you to do something with your money, they're not worried that you're not maximizing your deposit. Maybe some are, but not all of them are. They're looking to maximize the deposit that they're going to get from their bonus working at a bank that has sales quotas, okay? So whenever you get that call and they're asking you, hey, do you plan on anything with that money? It's basically saying, um, we have products for you. Come talk to us and we'll sell you products, products, products. One final question, and it's from Terry. And um, they mention uh, the $5 fee that Bank of America charges for a replacement debit card, which I've said on many times in this podcast is the most ridiculous fee in the world because it's a card that makes them money. So they're charging you to give you a card where you're acting as an agent to make Bank of America money, which is the stupidest thing in the world. And um, Terry's asking me, is there any way that I can get Bank of America to get me a debit card for free? I seem to burn through those things very often, and I'm tired of paying $5 every couple of months. Well, I found a little trick um, with Terry. in the last couple of weeks. I actually got a new debit card. Got one of those touchless um, ones that are vertical, which I think, I mean, it looks pretty sleek, but it's actually really cheaply made. I remember that you used to be able to snap a debit card in half and... You can cut the shit out of someone with one of those cards back 10 years ago. Then it it was this really chintzy plastic, and you couldn't even break the card in half. So whenever we'd want to destroy cards, we'd have to use scissors, and it was still hard to cut. It was just a mess. Now, this one is literally like the paper straw of debit cards. It's really, like, flimsy, and it just seems cheaply made. But whatever, it's a touchless card, and I like touchless cards now, especially when I grocery shop. Um... The easiest way to get a free debit card at Bank of America, I can't believe I'm saying this, is if you tend to do the same thing over and over again. Let's say that you go get a dollar $1.07 um, soda from McDonald's um, on the way to work and then on the way from work. Just because you're, you're a cocaholic of Coca-Cola, not cocaine, and you just really want that caffeine jolt at the beginning or the end of every day. The best way to get a free debit card from them is to use the transaction, use the card for a transaction of a similar nature twice in the same day, okay? So if you go Monday morning to McDonald's to get that seven soda, and then you go at 3 p.m. to get that seven soda on the way home, you don't have to necessarily dispute the transaction. You don't have to go, hey, I dispute this transaction because it's fraud. Don't say that. You'll get kicked out of the bank. But just say, I believe this is a duplicate charge. And, you know, it's one of those things where you believe it can be, but it's not. And it's something that's not going to cost you money at the end of the day. Because I'll say, oh, yeah, we can't have that. So let's let's freeze this card. Let's send you out another one. There's no charge for that. And if we need to file a claim, we will. I did that for a Chick-fil-A transaction. It was a 97-cent Chick-fil-A transaction. Um, I had a free breakfast sandwich, but I added cheese and egg to it which made it $0.97. Cents. And I did that on a Friday, and then I did that on the Saturday morning with both of them posting Monday. Bank of America's Erica asked me, hey, you might have potential fraud. Would you like to take a look to see what this is? And it ended up being the two $0.97 cent Chick-fil-A transactions. Now I had a card that was about to break. The chip wasn't working on it. So I said, you know what? What the hell? I said, yeah, I'm not familiar with this charge on this day, although they look the same. And they asked me to write a little statement. I just basically said, I went to this place, you know, one time, but the second time um, I didn't use my debit card or, you know, I'm not familiar with that particular charge. I didn't say that I didn't do it. I didn't say that someone else did it. I just said I'm not familiar with it. And the system, Bank of America, has will automatically generated a debit card for you at no charge. It's whenever you talk to a human being and they say, hey, can you send me another card? It's lost or it's broken or it's stolen. They charge you the $5. So the best way to do it is go to the gas station and pump a dollar of gas three times and just say, hey, wait a second. That's weird. I didn't do that. And the bank will flag it. And a lot of people will say, well, what am I going to do in the meantime? I'm going to say that this is more for someone who has an iPhone with Apple Pay. Because I did this and I got my new debit card with Apple Pay instantly. And I was able to use that debit card for purchases before I got the physical card. So I'm not, it's, it's slightly unethical, but you know what? $5 for a debit card that they're making money off of you from is unethical too. So do it that way and you'll be home free, my friend. James at TheNotoriousBanker.com, TheNotoriousBanker at gmail.com, 575 com, Voicemail line or at BankBetterGuy on Twitter, you can DM me. I'm wrapping it up here, guys. Thank you so very much for listening to this podcast. Once again, my thoughts and prayers our family, Michelle Yvonne, who lost her life, um, we will be following that story. But you know what? It's a senseless tragedy, and I really hope that justice is um, served in this case. But we'll find out a little bit more about that. And, guys, thank you so very much for your support um, through everything. Three-year anniversary of my Bank of America branch closing. Here I am talking to you fine folks, and I have as many listeners and followers as I did customers in my Bank of America branch. I'm so grateful and thankful to all of you, and you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you very soon. Goodbye.